0: This episode is brought to you by Tic Tac, minty, refreshing, classic. And it's not just the Tic Tac Mints. It's the new track by Canise with beats that'll leave you feeling as refreshed as a Tic Tac and a vibe that'll take you on a ride through 100 layers of flavor. Does it get any fresher than this? Tic Tac, enjoy the bright side, That 100-layer joyride. Pop one, let's paint the town. Freshman flavors all around. Take a ride on a Tic Tac. Pick up a pack of Tic Tac Mints today. The Property Playbook would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands of where this podcast is recorded, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, acknowledging the culture, the history, and the connection to the lands of what we call home. Let's get into it.
1: Hello, and welcome to The Property Playbook, a podcast where we take you from A to V of all things property. My name is Jessica Rickey, and one day soon, I'm putting it out there, I'm going to own a home. But until then, I'm having some experts help me along the way to learn everything that I possibly can. Today, I'm joined by Zella Director and Mortgage Broker, Kate Brandsgrove. Hello. hello. Today, we're here to talk about the FHG, which is the First Home Guarantee, formerly the FHLDS, which was the First Home Loan Deposit scheme, so it's changed names, but it's the same thing, right? Correct. Pretty much. Yep. Incredible. Can you tell me What on earth is it? (laughs) Yes,
0: I would love to. So, the First Home Guarantee Scheme is a scheme that allows eligible first home buyers to purchase with as little as a 5% deposit.
1: Amazing. That's a lot lower than the 20% you hear people throwing around,
0: isn't it? Correct, yes. And the main thing from it is the fact that even though you only have a 5% deposit, you won't have any lender's mortgage insurance, which we'll get into, And you are treated as if you do have a 20% deposit, so you also get a much better interest rate.
1: Incredible. That sounds really good. I'm not going to lie to you. Should we start at the start? Who qualifies for this scheme?
0: So there's a few things to make sure for someone to be eligible for the scheme. The main thing is you do have to be an Australian citizen. Mm -hmm. So this scheme isn't for permanent residence, which is a bit of a bummer, but it is what it is. The other key thing is the fact that you have to earn under a certain amount for the financial year prior to the current financial year. So, by that, between July 2021 and then up to July 2022, you have to earn under a certain amount. For a single, that amount is $125,000. So whatever is on your notice of assessment, that is what we're looking at. For a couple, it is a combined $200,000.
1: That's not a lot of money, I feel like, for a couple.
0: Correct. Yeah, it really depends. Like some people we find couples might not be as eligible due to the fact that $200,000, some couples are like, well, together we've earned far more than that. But we also have some people that their pay slip might show they actually earn more than $125,000, say for a single, but their last year's notice of assessment says less and that's all that we're looking
1: at. Right. Ooh, love a sneaky little hot tip yes. like that. Okay. So, how does it work? How do you get access to this scheme? What do we have to do?
0: Yes. Yeah, so, there's only certain participating lenders in the scheme, which sometimes people look at that and go, oh, but then I don't have a range of every single bank to see who suits me best. I can almost guarantee that if you are going through a bank that is a part of the scheme and you're a part of the scheme, rather than not being in the scheme and copying all these additional fees, it's okay that there's only a certain amount of banks that are part of the scheme. So from that, reach out to your mortgage broker, tell them about your situation, you're a 1st home buyer, they check if you're eligible, and then off the back of that, they will then do the research for you to go, okay, these are the banks that are participating lenders and this is the bank out of these participating lenders that is the most suitable for your situation. With that, you then apply and look into getting pre-approval and at the same time, your broker will apply for a scheme place for you. Another really important thing to know note about this scheme is that 35,000 places were released July 1st, so just gone. And once those scheme places are taken up within this financial year, they're taken up. So it is first in best dressed is the key thing to remember with this.
1: 35,000 simultaneously seems like a lot but also none, how quickly would that amount of places be taken up? Approximately, because obviously you can't, you know, you don't have a crystal ball.
0: Yes, and we also don't get told. So, we actually don't get told when the place – Yeah. So, say the participating banks that are a part of the scheme, they all get allocated a certain amount. So, say that NAB got allocated 5,000 spots, we can see and ask if there's still spots available, but we don't know when there's only one spot available. So, it is literally first in best dressed. So usually with how quickly they go, they were releasing the 1st of July and I would say from what we've seen just with a pattern, they were going within say six to eight weeks depending on the lenders. You've got some smaller lenders that people might not have really heard of that those places tend to last for a little bit longer but the main banks, they go quite quickly based on
1: past history. Do you have to go through a broker to access this or is this something anybody can access?
0: Yes, anyone can access it so you can go to straight to the bank if you mm-hmm. wanted to. We all know that I'm buying because I'm a mortgage broker and mm-hmm. so go to a mortgage broker over a bank. Um, <laughs> but, yes, you can look up online. It's called N-H-F-I-C. I pronounce it NIFIC. I hope that's right. And there is a list of participating lenders on there, mm-hmm. which is then where you can go from there to, if you wanted to, to do your own research to see who's most suitable Or, like I said, you could go
1: to your broker and they'll do that on your behalf. Mm -hmm. It's kind of nice to have someone do all the legwork for you. Not going to lie to you. Like me doing it for you. Is (laughs) that why you said it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So you save on LMI? Should we touch on what that means for somebody?
0: Yes. So, lenders mortgage insurance, also we often refer to it as LMI, is basically a fee that the bank charge you if you normally have less than a 20% deposit. There might be some areas where you're eligible if it's under 20%, but the general rule is if you don't have a 20% deposit, you will cop this fee, which is most of the time added to your loan. And I think a lot of the time people don't realise how substantial this fee can actually be that gets yep. added. So, just to put that into perspective, if somebody was not in the scheme and they were wanting to purchase for $600,000, the minimum deposit you would have to have is $52,000. Reason being is we have to allow for this lender's mortgage insurance fee as well. Mm-hmm. The lender's mortgage insurance fee, assuming you've contributed that minimum deposit, would then be about fifteen dollars to $20,000, depending on which bank you're going through. That's a lot of money. Exactly. So, it adds up, right? So, yeah. that gets added to your loan, say, but also- like I said at the start, you will have a much higher interest rate because the bank is essentially classifying you as higher risk. Mm -hmm. So you've copped the extra LMI, you've had to contribute a larger deposit, which hasn't necessarily benefited you, and you've also copped a higher interest rate, which we like to look at the long term here.
1: And that could cost you a lot of extra money on interest. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. So saves you an LMI. What other kind of benefits are there to using this scheme?
0: So one of the other key benefits is the fact that you can get into the market a lot sooner. So if you wanted to, to flip that perspective, if you weren't in the scheme buying for 600000 if you were in the scheme buying for 600000 You've got your 5% genuine savings, so money you've saved up over time, longer than three months that it sat in your account. Then you could contribute 5% deposit, so $30,000 instead of your $52,000, and then just your purchasing costs on top. Keeping in mind both options, you need your purchasing costs, but you can see the difference. It can take somebody a lot less time to save up $30,000 than the additional $52,000, You've gotten in the market sooner and saved on all the rest.
1: And I mean, we all really want to be getting in the market quicker, ultimately, if possible, don't we? Or if you're desperate like me, at least, that's definitely yes. the case. <laughs> Let's go to a quick break. And when we come back, I want to know all the things that you think we have to know about this scheme. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Today, I am joined by Zella Director and Mortgage Broker, Kate Bransgrove, and we're talking all about the First Home Guarantee Scheme. Kate, it seems like there are a lot of little nitty-gritty details that we need to know. Can you run me through them all?
0: Yes, definitely. So, some other key pointers that we always tell clients to make sure that they're aware of is the fact that this scheme doesn't just apply to buying an established home. So, you can actually be eligible for this scheme if you are building. So, a house and land package, really important you have those two things at once though, and also off-the-plan purchases as well. So, it can't be for just vacant land, but you've got established homes, you've got house and land packages and you have got
1: off the plan purchases too. Mm-hmm. If you are looking at buying land and house is what we like to call it on this podcast, because a lot of the time that's the way that it goes. If you are looking at purchasing land and putting a property on it, is the way around that kind of caveat, if you will, that you can't buy land, could you do them at the same time roll it into one, and use that to take advantage of the scheme? Yeah, pretty much. So, when we are applying for the
0: loan, so your pre-approval, and we've also got your place secured in the scheme, to be able to convert everything over to formal approval, we have to have a fully signed land contract and a fully signed build contract. And the other key thing is that that land must title within 90 days of your scheme place being reserved because you only have with this whole scheme 90 days to find a property and convert it to formal approval.
1: When you say that though that doesn't mean that your house has to be up within 90 days right?
0: Correct yep so it's more just we have to from a bank go hey like they found house and land the land's titled so it's ready to be built on we're ready to go we can settle on the loan and then you can start your build process. Mm
1: -hmm. Is that something if you are going through that process and we have a full episode this season about building land and house together, can your company, your builder, help you with that? Like if you go, hey, my dude or my lady, you know, I'm using this scheme. We've got to get this thing done before a certain date. Is it common for them to be accommodating, I suppose, in a way, if you let them know what's going on, they should be able to help you out?
0: Most of the time. I would like to think a builder, one, wants to make a sale, so know that there's a time (laughs) limit on it that they need to do it quite quickly. We actually have a client at the moment, exact same situation. They found a block of land that's titling in three weeks And I was like, okay, well, you've got your place reserved, so we also need a build contract. So, they contacted a builder and they have fast-tracked everything, which is amazing, and have a fully signed build contract now ready to go. Sometimes builders will say it will take months or they might have to pay a fee to get things done a little bit quicker, but it all gets taken off the build price anyway. So, I would like to say yes, most of them should be quite accommodating, knowing we have a timeframe.
1: Yeah, incredible. And ultimately, as you said, they want to make that sale. So, let's say you purchase and you use a scheme and you have every intention of occupying the property, but three months in, you get your dream job offer and you've got to move states. What happens in that instance? So, with the scheme, you have to purchase
0: as an owner-occupied property. And depending which state you're in is whether you have to live in it for at least six months or at least 12 months. If you then were to change the purpose of your loan over to an investment property, you don't have to pay anything back. So we had a client once that was told with their lender to change it over to an investment property. They had to pay a large sum off their loan to get the loan to 80% versus what the value was, which actually isn't the case. They didn't need to do that. So they put all of this extra money towards their loan that they actually would have liked to have kept towards other things. So it isn't the end of the world if you then convert it to an investment. It's more so you just need to make sure of the time. Frame whether it's six months or 12 months, depending on what state you're in. And if you do have to do it in less than that six or 12 months, what is the repercussion for you? That's more a repercussion from the fact of you might have to pay back stamp duty or you might, so it's not necessarily through the scheme. It'll be case by case. And there's been some where they've been granted an exemption where they don't have to pay anything back, but you might get repercussions in other ways because you've bought an owner occupied property, but it's
1: actually an investment now. Yeah. And there's, you know, again, state to state, but different tax benefits and things as well that are associated with that right yeah correct great so if you tick off all of those things we discussed earlier do you qualify for this scheme no matter where you are or what you're doing you can purchase any kind of property as long as it is going to have a building on it Not necessarily. So
0: let's say that you could
1: hypothetically
0: borrow a million dollars, right? And you were going to buy a house for 1.2, wouldn't that be nice? Mm. You were going to buy a house for $1.2 million. There are property price thresholds depending on where you are purchasing. So in certain areas, depending on where you buy, you might only actually be able to buy or build a place for say $600,000 up or $800,000 up. The key here is to go into the NIFIC, so the N-H-F-I-C website, and search postcode tool and you can put in the postcodes of where you're looking at buying and it will actually show you a graph of how much you can spend and that is the threshold you can purchase up to.
1: If you hit the threshold, does that mean you're not eligible at all or is it
0: on a curve? No, you're not eligible at all. So, if you go over that, then you can't be a part of the scheme.
1: Great. So, it sounds like a really good scheme if you qualify that may potentially enable you to get into the market a lot sooner, may enable you to avoid some of those hefty fees like LMI, which I think is a great thing where possible. And, you know, if you do have any questions, definitely head to the NIFIC website or talk to a mortgage broker if you've got one of those, because they should be able to run you through all of the information. Speaking of which, Kate, if anyone wants to talk to a Zella broker, where do they head? Yeah. So head to our website, which is www.zella.com.au. Incredible. Well, I think that's about all we've got time for today, guys. Just before we head off, let's quickly wrap the boring but important stuff. The advice shared on the Property Playbook is generally in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. The Property Playbook exists purely for educational purposes and should not be relied upon to make an investment or a financial decision. If you want to join the Property Playbook community, we've got a Facebook group, lots of people talking all things property, answering and asking questions. It is a really great tight-knit group of people who just want to see you succeed. It's a Really awesome thing to be a part of. So I'd really recommend checking that out. We're also on Instagram. You can find us at Property Playbook AUS. If you're feeling generous, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We would so appreciate it. But I reckon that's about it for today. Thanks for joining, me, Kate. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. I'll talk to you in the next episode, guys. Bye. Bye.